You're listening to the Invisible Sensei Podcast, and this is coming to you live from a street in Wellington, New Zealand, in which I am parked on the side of the road waiting for a coffee. Yes, first world problems. This podcast is called Karate Orphans. Sometimes when I do these podcasts, the titles tend to come to me first, and then I think, hmm, what's an interesting theme to expand upon? So, when I first came up with this Karate Orphans, I thought about all the friends and family loved ones who kind of get at times left by the sidelines and I mean left by the sidelines in the sense that you know when you're pursuing a martial art it's about tournaments or a training seminar or perhaps it's doing extra trainings with the new students or meeting a some kind of specialized instructor because so on and so forth you get my point but when I thought more about it, I thought something I'd like to have a bit of a chat about is karate orphans. Dojo who have at one time, or practitioners, who at one time have been part of large organisations that have split off. And I don't even want to use the word split off. It seems kind of a strange thing to say at some points. Because for the most part, when I meet people who have gone off and become independent... They do so with a common goal. The common goal is to pursue the art that they enjoy, that they love, that they have a passion for, in a way which is consistent, one, with their values, uh, two, with the needs and wants of students, and three, in a way that is free of, at times, meddlesome political issues. Now, we can all relate to that, I'm sure, irrespective of whatever martial art we do. So I'm interested to know, I'm interested. As a practitioner of one of the, I suppose, three main styles of Okinawan Karate, um, Naha, Shuri and Tomari, not saying it's one of the three main styles, but I practice Okinawan Gojuru now. I am not affiliated to any international organisation, although I am friends and, I was going to say partners, but that was not the right word. I have mentors which run large organisations which um, have taken me on and mentored me, but I'm not a huge part of any organisation. I pretty much do my own thing. Now, for some, that may sound kind of lazy, it may sound untraditional, it may sound, uh, for other people it may sound like a dream come true. The pros and cons of it are of course that you can train with anyone you want to on the pro side. The cons are that people tend to see, especially in the larger more established styles or people that you used to know and train with, they kind of see you as something of a widow or at least an annoyance. Best case, they, they like what you do Although they might not support it, they enjoy the fact that you're doing it. Um, so when I use the term orphan, I mean that in the terms and in terms of once having been part of a large style or affiliation and then doing your own thing. I've seen that in my own experience, and I'm not talking for anyone else, go extremely well and extremely badly. I get some of the pitfalls are that when you do 
a style and you go off and do your own thing I know for me and I know this from my personal training when I've spent time away from senior instruction or just mentored instruction my fear is that sometimes I'm spending say I'm in a country where there's no dojo or there's no place to train other than where I'm housed so I'll practice but am I practicing seven months getting really good at mistakes or am I practice seven months improving the quality of my technique I think sometimes it's one and sometimes it's the other the main thing in that instance is to maintain now with the advent of the internet which you're listening to me or listening to me on as we speak we have access to so much information you know and just like everything too much information can actually be a counterproductive thing and that does sound to use another counter we're counterintuitive in the sense we go well you know we've got all this access to all these different martial arts masters and we can see what they're doing and so on and so forth and if you talk to some of those older practitioners people who have been in the game uh, for long periods of time I know here in Aotearoa a lot of senior sensei that I've spoken to talk about uh, offering lodging and, and food to uh, Japanese and Chinese and Korean uh, sailors or fishermen in the hopes that some of them knew some karate or some martial art of some description and how important books, learning from books and the idea of learning from video was just something crazy in the clouds. Now, you know, at the push of a button on your smartphone, you can go to YouTube or any any numerous site or Facebook page, and you can see all these amazing new martial arts, all these all, all this incredible footage of old martial arts as well. Traditional is always an interesting term when it comes to being a karate orphan. I like to think that what I do is traditional. I try to honour the traditions of Okinawan Gojiru. Um, I use Hojo Undo, um, I practice all the kata, and I do stress practice. I practice all the kata, um, I'm very big on makiwara, so on and so forth, which um, also entails knowing something of the history and the traditions um, that created um, Okinawan Gojiru from its nahate roots. At the same time, I'm also developing, I hope, as an instructor and as a teacher, and encouraging people to look at the appropriate level, at other styles, at other approaches, at other ways of doing things. That's one of the strengths of being a karate orphan. And I've also met other karate orphans. I've also met other martial arts orphans that are doing their own things, trying to live and teach and understand and develop the art that they love so much. If you're a karate orphan, this is what I say. For me, I have found that it helps to surround myself with good people. And it doesn't mean people who tell me what I want to hear. Sometimes it's so important to have people who tell you what you need to hear. I think it's also important to own what you do. I think that we can get into the space of one of our dojo kun, the first dojo kun um, for our dojo is be humble and polite. I think there is such a thing as being too humble. I don't think there's a, such a thing as being too polite, but being too humble. Um, one of my sensei said, I sent out an email um, requesting some senior sensei to come to a seminar that I was teaching. And, and 
he sent me a reply and said, look, you spent three quarters of this email talking about how stupid you are and how weak your technique is and how it would be great if all these wonderful people who are so much better than you came to your seminar. And says, why would I go to a seminar with someone who would think something like that? So it's important to own what we do. It's important to work hard. And it's also important to, as a friend of mine said, um, my mate Open Parish over there in California said, she quoted, and I've had this in other podcasts, she said that comparison is the thief of joy. And I so understand that more and more as I as I hear that. I don't believe that she was the one who said it, but she referred to me to that saying, I've got a funny feeling it was an American politician I could have that wrong if you know um, drop me a message and let me know um, but yeah what I'm trying to say is that be proud of what you do do it earnestly be creative in the way that you do it and don't let people tell you you can't don't let people tell you you shouldn't I spent a lot of my years believing that the way that I felt about karate and the martial arts in general was too much watching of karate and kung fu movies i honestly believed that it was a a path and a way of interacting in the world trying to be a better person a husband a wife a cousin a brother a son a father or mother and for many years people who i felt were senior to me had lots of yellow stripes and writing on their belt said no that's not what it's about and i to my great loss believed them chose to believe them so now i listen to me I listen to the people that I trust and I try to do the best that I can and I hope that if you're a fellow karate orphan that you're creating something based on your values and that you're not an orphan in fact you could be creating a whole new family and I hope that's what you're doing embrace our family not just in your style but in the arts in general so that is my thoughts on karate orphans